0: It's no secret that over the years, the greater Sarasota area has really upped its game in food with some of the finest restaurants in Florida. Today I'm talking with one restaurant entrepreneur that leads not one, but two of the area's hottest establishments, and he's going to talk about how he does it. Hi, my name is Bob Williams. I believe if you truly want to understand your community to build professional, personal, and even lifelong relationships, then a willingness to hear each other's stories is an absolute must. That's why I created the Sarasota Stories podcast. It's a podcast dedicated to helping you get connected a little deeper with those living in this wonderful community we call home. In each episode, I interview business leaders, civic leaders, artists, authors, entrepreneurs, physicians, philanthropists, and others who are making a positive impact in the greater Sarasota area. Today, my guest is Greg Campbell. Greg is a 35 year veteran of the restaurant industry He started his love of cooking in his French grandmother's kitchen as a young boy. Over the years, he worked his way up from busing tables to chef and then to various management roles from North Carolina to Northern Florida. Today, he and his partner, Hugh Miller, own and operate the iconic Pier 22 restaurant situated on the Manatee River and the fun and contemporary Grove restaurant in Lakewood Ranch. How do I know these things? I've been to both restaurants and they're very, very good. We talk about what's the one thing Greg has learned over his 35 years to be a success in the restaurant business, why he got into it in the first place, how he and his partner deal with disagreements constructively, what he did to successfully pivot his restaurants during the recent pandemic to come out stronger on the other side and much, much more. I'm so glad you joined us today. And as always, it is my hope that you will listen, learn and connect. Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Glad to That's be here. That's great. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to be uh, to be on this show. And uh, I guess just for our listeners, you've gone through a rough time, as all restaurants have right now. But I uh, wanted to share with them, you've been in the restaurant business for many, many years. Yes, sir. And so, uh, for our listeners' sake, what are what's one skill that you must develop to be successful in this industry? Well... <laughs> I don't know if that's one skill, but I think that
1: the probably the number one skill that you need to have is patience. Um, patience is uh, absolutely critical to the restaurant business with <clears throat> you know what we've gone through recently. But even prior to what we've been through recently, it, it takes a whole lot of patience, um, time and <clears throat> energy. Somebody told me something once a long, long time ago. I don't know if I read it. There's 13 million people in the restaurant business today. I think it still stands true. There's three, 3% of them are entrepreneurs and, um, successful, uh, outside of just the day to day stuff. And only 3% of them keeps a career for life. So it's about 13,000 people out of 13 million will, uh, stay in this business uh, all their life. So I, I try to tell people I'm not any expert in this business. I just outlasted
0: everybody. <laughs> the war, of, a war of attrition. I, I will say, yeah. I will say, I have a good buddy who's in the uh, finance industry, and we get together from time to time. We talk about businesses, you know, we like we'd like to start what we think would be a great. One, he goes, the one business I don't want to go into is the restaurant
1: business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the way the way to the uh, the entrepreneurial version of being successful in the restaurant business is uh, how do you make a million dollars in the restaurant business? Uh,
0: you start with three million. <laughs> well i'm sure that's that's true for a lot of people for a lot of folks yep. that have gone into this industry so how did you get into the industry in the first place well i
1: i started uh cooking really really young i was uh 11 12 years old started uh, you know kicking it around with my grandmother in her kitchen she's french and um so she got me my start uh, with with frying pan and then um i can it all the way through high school and uh amongst a bunch of other different things in high school but uh most primarily the restaurant business and then went off to college moved to dc and spread my wings in that market and uh haven't turned back haven't looked back since so um i'm 50 now so however many years that is 30 30 some plus years yeah, yeah. years of
0: Did you have restaurants in other locations besides the greater Sarasota area?
1: uh, No. Well,
0: I was a partner in some restaurants in North Carolina
1: um, and North Florida. Um, You know, I've been in the business for a long, long time, but I've been with uh, Hugh Miller now um, in Sarasota, Bradenton specifically, Manatee County specifically, um, for about 17 years, 16, 17 years now. So um, I've been operating Pier 22 um, as an executive chef GM up until about four years ago, we opened Grove. We started to open Grove about four years ago, and then th- December 11th, 20, geez, 20. Let's see, three years 2018, 2019. Oh, wow, oh, 2018. Yeah,
0: December 11th, 2018, we opened a Grove out in Lake wow. Branch. So, so you've been a part of other partnerships. Yep, as you're at your career, what connected you with Hugh Miller? Well, you know, the hardest thing to find in my
1: industry is someone that, um, you know, believes in you. Um, the restaurant business is very, very cutthroat. It always has been. Um, like you said, you were talking to your friend that was a stockbroker that said, uh, or, a you know, financial advisor that said, yeah. you know, I had one business I never want to be in is the restaurant business. Well, there's a lot of people that think the opposite of that. And so they go into the business and they try to find somebody like me to operate because you know it's a lifetime of learning um and so they find someone like me and then you know they open up and they still want to make all the decisions so finding somebody that believes in you and gives you the opportunity to be successful is is probably the most difficult thing to do in the business to find because you know you don't you don't grow up you know as a line cook and you know uh, sous chef and kitchen manager and you, you don't end up you know with a lot of money um it's definitely a tough school. So, you know, it takes a lot of time, takes a lot of effort and diligence. And, you know, you work seven days a week, you know, when I was younger, I remember I was, I worked for almost three years for a guy uh, without a day off, uh, open 13 restaurants oh, in three years. I would travel from one location to the next location. That would be my day off. Um, you know, made 70 bucks a day um, before taxes. So you don't, you don't save a lot of money, um, doing this. So you got to find somebody. And, um, Hugh Miller found me and I found him and we've become uh, very close over the years. I, I would not do any business without that man. And, um, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And some people call it lucky. I call it, uh, you know, gets back to the patience, right. Um, right. you got to be patient to find the right person. And, you know, and we've 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 got a very, very uh, strong working relationship, you know, where 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 my weaknesses are or his strengths and, and vice versa. So um, it's it's definitely a uh, definitely a, a great thing. So I would not change where I am for anything and I would not change my past on how I got here. So
0: that's that, a, that that's that's that that's a great story. Years ago, I grew up in a small town in uh, southern Ohio. And there were um, a couple of guys that owned several supermarkets there. It sounds very similar to like you and Hugh. And they said whenever they had a disagreement, they would go into the office and have that disagreement, you know, like not out in front of the employees. But how how do you guys, how do you guys hash things out when, you know, a a certain issue comes up, whether it's been this COVID thing and how to respond or, you know, you want to change it? I mean, how how do you guys hash it out so that you, you know, you, you keep moving forward? Well, you know, there's
1: there's two thoughts, you know, one, you know, I, I think that the, the most poetic part about Hugh and I is, um, you know, I'm a I'm a creative thinker um, outside of the box type of thought process. And, and Hugh is, you know, very risk risk management uh, thought process. And, you know, wh- wh- you know, how many holes can we poke in this idea before we start it? Yep. And, uh, you know, we, that's what we do. We kind of, we, we, we come up, we generate an idea, a thought, and then we close the door and, you know, we hash it out uh positive and positive and negative, you know, um, you know, fortunately for us, um, we think a lot alike. Um, and so we both kind of go into that first, we get the idea then we go into the risk management side of it. And then we go into what, what do we, what do we have to do and what people do we need to pull into, this um, idea to to make it make sense to us one way or the other. Uh, the best example, you know, of that <clears throat> I think was when COVID started. I hate to always go back to COVID stuff.
0: Oh, we're we're all sick of it, but it's still yeah. a major part of our lives. I mean, sure we're all is. there.
1: You know, you know, they first they first shut us down and said, "All right, we're done. Restaurants are closed." It was, you know, we kind of felt it coming. We had, you know, we were already at 50 percent. And, you know, every, that was when everybody was really, truly, you know, frightful. A hundred percent, no matter what your political stance. Yeah we, yeah. we, you know, we went into, you know, to the to risk. We, they, they closed us. We sent everybody home. I drove home. <clears throat> excuse me. I drove home. Stopped at Publix and uh, walked into Publix and here's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people piling into Publix, you know, they had no sanitize, no sanitizing wipes, they had no toilet paper, there's people everywhere, you know, it was, I was so angry. Because, you know, when you walk into a situation like that, you go, okay, I, you know, I've been in this business all my life, all I've ever dealt with is, you know, health inspections and sanitation. Right. Wearing gloves and you know, wash your hands 30 times a day. We've been practicing that long before COVID ever showed up. And then you walk into Publix and you see these teenagers with no mask, the mask on their chin, you know, plastic wrap over the pin pad. So it it made no sense, right? So somebody's going through and plugging into the plastic wrap on the pin pad and they're not changing it, nobody's changing their gloves. It was just there's no, you know, there's nothing to wipe. I mean, it was just a disaster. No consistency at all. Oh, yeah. it was just the stupidest thing I had ever seen in my life. Like, why would they shut us down after we've done everything that we could possibly do to mitigate this? They decide us, right? They, they just yes. go, You're closed. Yes. And I was so angry. I went home, and all I could think of was that my vendors, my broadliners. Cisco, U.S. Foods, Performance Food Groups, all these guys that deliver to restaurants on-site were now sitting on millions of dollars of inventory that they could not deliver to, to people, to humans, right? Because they don't yes. deliver to Publix. They don't deliver to Winn-Dixie or Walmart. They they deliver to restaurants. Yes. Produce companies sitting on, I called my buddy over at Central Market, um, Nate, great guy um he was sitting on over a quarter million dollars worth of produce that he had nobody yep. to sell to yep i called my supplier and said how much toilet paper do you have and she said she said three thousand cases right with no way to deliver it to a human and now people are piled up high in their grocery carts with toilet paper and people going well there's a toilet paper crisis I'm like there's not a toilet paper crisis there's a vendor crisis there's a There's a business crisis, you know, there's there's corporate America shut down. So you've got all these office buildings that are now going to the bathroom at home, not at work. That's the problem. Not any other issue, not a supply issue, not a not a paper production issue. And I'm, I'm looking at the news and these people that are so blinded to reality of what the real problem was. I called my marketing director and I'll never forget it. And I said, I said, Claudia, let's, let's, let's start our own grocery store because we can do it better than Publix. She said, okay, let's figure this out. And so I went, you know, go into Hugh's office and said, Hugh, how do we get this product to people? I'm going to do it through a grocery store. We're going to set a tractor trailer out in front of our restaurant, stock it with all the stuff that Publix doesn't have, create a form site online create a place to order it and then they can order it over the internet and we'll drop it into people's trunks. That's incredible. Yep. So we did it. Yep. So in three days we created a form site. We suck people in, you know, that, that to the process, right. To my, the managers who knew, you know, were techie, you know, quote unquote techie. And they, we we built a form, an Amazon style form site platform in thirty six out in like thirty six hours had it live. It's incredible. Had my vendors parked with trucks out in front of the restaurants. We had ground beef, toilet paper. We had everything that Publix didn't have. You know, I was also supporting, you know, my local vendors and you know whatever to try to get inventory out to people. You know, repack it, resell it. It was it was <clears throat> it was awesome because, you know, we had that open line of communication, you know, me and Hugh and the team. And it was a it wasn't a can we do it? It's like, let's do it. And then let's figure out where our risk is. Right. Where, where's our risk? Risk. Yep. Is nobody. Nobody orders anything. Right. And we don't get any volume. We don't get any sales. and Now we've got this labor and, you know, we can't market up more expensive than Publix because they won't buy it then. And we were we were filling probably hundred orders a day, full on groceries, hundred oh, wow. and eighty different items. Wow! It wow! Incredible! It was awesome. I was all over the news. It was on TV. It was on Facebook. I was, you know, we were we were putting ads out, trying to sell our groceries to people. You know, um, the the one thing that it, you know, it didn't make us any money. <laughs> It didn't. Um, no, of
0: course this not. You're not set up for that.
1: Yeah, you're not really you're set right, up for Not that. set yeah. up for it. So, you know, so we're watching. You know, these Chick fil A drive-throughs. You know, out on Manatee Avenue, backed up. You know, a hundred cars long. Wondering what what was going to help us and what's going to change it. What was going to bring us back? And you know, we were taking a huge beating, right? Well, what happened when we opened back up? Um, you what we didn't really truly realize well i think we did realize a little bit um and we talked about it some but what really happened was we became a, a community partner not that we weren't already right. a community partner yeah, yeah yeah you know we were doing philanthropy stuff and donations and whatever before but but now here we are taking it in the shorts um, financially to supply to the community in lakewood ranch at, at grove and downtown Braden and at Pier 22. And what it did is it made us relevant. It kept us relevant and it put us on the map for, wow, these guys really thought outside the box and really we're, we were, were trying to be there for, for the community. So when we opened back up, you know, it's been nonstop gangbusters. That's great. Um, and, and, you know, the, it really kind of set the tone for us as a management team that, you know we can do whatever we want. We we can survive. You know these this catastrophic um, closure and and <clears throat> we did we did it because we, we did it because we wanted to help people. And it goes back to the way I've always believed. You know about my business and the what people people look at this business. They go, "Wow, man, that place is packed, man. They're making tons of money, right?" It's not about that. It's about feeding people, making them happy, being there for the most important times of their lives and being a memory for them. Because, you know, we do weddings, bat mitzvahs, birthdays, yeah. anniversaries, engagements, uh, you know, dinners with grandma. I mean, we're there for people's most important times of their lives. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, you know, um, h- honeymoons. I mean, you name it, we're there for them. So it, it, during the pandemic. That was a huge memory for people, right? That's an unforgettable memory. And there we were, there for them, stocking groceries and that's incredible. Ground beef in their trunks. That was it. Was that was
0: one example of of that
1: discussion? You know, that's risk a,
0: mitigation and hey, what Greg, are we doing forward? Yep. I was going to say, I say, you know that what never ceases to amaze me is some of these stories that I've heard, in what is, I, I mean, the dichotomy between businesses that just closed up and never reopened. Right. And those that were able to pivot, to adjust, and to continue to contribute, I mean, just like you guys, I mean, that's an incredible story. It's an incredible tribute to, you know, your entrepreneurial spirit and just, you know, your stick-to-itiveness and to see through it. You kind of really turn, you know, lemons, you know, lemons into lemonades and now becoming even deeper ingrained in the community. And I, I want to talk a little bit more about that, about the restaurants themselves, because you have the two locations in Lakewood Ranch and then the other one in, Braden, uh, in Bradenton, uh, Pier 22. Yep. Talk specifically about those two different restaurants. And for m- maybe listeners that haven't been there, what are the differences and what they would expect to find once they get when they come to visit? Yeah, great. Um, you know, Pier
1: 22 is iconic. Um, the building was built in 1926. It was the origin- original uh, Bradenton Chamber of Commerce. Um, you know, I have stripped the building down and repainted it. And, you know, I found that Bradenton Chamber of Commerce logo underneath the paint. Um, it's still there. Um, it's pretty, really cool. In 1976, the Miller family uh, bought the restaurant. It has a 100 year lease with. Um, the city of Bradenton, um, yeah. so we're here to stay. Um, it'll be still here long after I'm gone. But uh, um, so it's been a restaurant since 1976. Started as the Pier Restaurant, and now it's Pier 22. Um, it had a few changes over the years, but for the most part, um, it's standing the way it did um, when they remodeled it in '76. Um, you know, we've done remodel after remodel after remodel every year. We make investments into the building. It's a old Mediterranean style building. Um, I seat uh, about 750 people. So I have um, about 350 seats inside, another 400 seats outside on the terrace and the patio, sits along the Manatee River. We've got a 400 plus slip marina that surrounds it. So the view is uh, just outstanding. You can see dolphins jump and it's an awesome place
0: and I, I will Greg I have been there it is a lovely location it's a great restaurant and I've I've been to many many restaurants on the water in the greater Sarasota area and there's none better it's a great location thanks it's a great place to go for a, a nice evening you can go over to the uh to the museum and the observatory there um and so yeah I it's it, it's a lovely location yeah so
1: yeah, yeah. The other place is Grove. It's uh, Lakewood Ranch Main Street. A little bit different. Um, it's not quite as old. It's a. Um, it was built about thirteen years ago. It was. It existed as another restaurant for a while. Um, you know, we remodeled it. We did a huge remodel um, back in December. You know, summer of eighteen, and opened, of course, uh, December. Of 2018. And uh, it's contemporary. It's got a huge bar. It's got, a, it also has some outdoor dining. It's got about 150 seats or so outside um, on Lakewood Ranch Main Street. It's got a covered pergola. It's a huge fire pit. It's got a, a 400 seat ballroom uh, connected to the um, uh, east end of the building. Um, so we do a lot of events, weddings, um, corporate events. Uh, it, it's a great place, uh, but definitely a little bit more contemporary. Um, different menus uh, at both so there's some cool things that coordinate between both locations but for the most part there the the menus are pretty unique where both restaurants are a completely scratch kitchen uh, we bake all our bread we cut our beef we're cutting whole fish oh man um we make our stocks our sauces our dressings i mean there's nothing that we don't make we probably have between the two locations probably three four thousand recipes we make every day um big staff i, I employ about uh, three hundred or so people between both locations, and I have an offsite catering company. So we do, um, caterings at uh, all across Sarasota Manatee at the Crosley Mansion at Ringling. Um, we do stuff out in the polo fields. It's at uh, for James Miller out uh, every Sunday. Oh, that's great. Uh, we do we do stuff all over the place. So uh, we've got a huge team that you know works on all these events. We did um, we do somewhere in the terms of four or five six hundred events a month. Um, whether it be weddings or small gatherings, oh my goodness! Or so we do it.
0: We feed a lot of community. Well, I've been to the Grove for an event out there. I was recruited by a financial firm a couple of years ago, and again, it's it's just a a lovely location, and it fits, I think, within Lakewood Ranch. I mean, it's just it's it's upscale. It's it's nice. It is contemporary, and uh, again, it's just a, it's another place to go have a great dinner and hang out. Yeah, yeah.
1: I love both places. You know, they're always a work in progress. Uh, you know, the minute you sit still in the restaurant business, the minute is the minute you start failing. <laughs> so you gotta keep gotta keep you know current, keep, keep that staff motivated, right. keep the managers motivated,
0: keep it positive. How you know, how how do you so when you go to do a restaurant, how do you choose a particular theme or say, look, we think this will work here because Again, that's kind of the part of the discussion my friend and I had about the restaurant business. It's like, you don't really know until you open those doors whether right. the response is going to be. So it's, uh, it's, it's tough to test that out.
1: Well, you know, the community decides what your restaurant should be, not you. Um, mm,
0: you know, great a lot point.
1: Of, <laughs> a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me, um, say, hey, uh, you know, my mom makes a great meatloaf, and uh, I'd love to share that with the world, right? And then they open up. Their, you know, shop right next to, you know, another shop that is serving meatloaf too. And by the way, that other place serving meatloaf's been open for ten years and been entrenched in the community. Now you open and they go, oh, I don't like this meatloaf as much as the other meatloaf. <laughs> so you got to kind of decide by community what it wants. So that's one of the things that I did out at Grove. Um, you know, I spent a ton of time before I even. I mean, I, we kind of we got drawings started, you know. We, you know, functionality, layout, you know, flow, workflow, <clears throat> you know, those are the most important things you do initially is a uh, workflow. You know, how do people park? Where do they park? How do they drop people off? How do, you know, where are your handicap spots? You know, how do they walk into the restaurant? Where's the hostess stand location? Where's the bar, you know, where's the kitchen doors related to the dining room? How do the servers get from the table to the kitchen and to the soda station and you know, just the work. For right. If you get that wrong. Um, way harder to change once you open. Now you have to just kind of decide. So that's the first step. And then the second step is to look at what people are doing. You know, where are they eating? Where are they sitting? Are they sitting outside? Are they sitting at the bar? Are they sitting in the dining room? So when I went out to Lakewood Ranch, you know, I, I went to the, you know, the mall, of course, uh, you know, which is like going to hell. Um Uh, you know, chain restaurants everywhere. And everybody's competing for the, you know, that one seat. Um, Didn't enjoy that research, but uh, I did it regardless. Then I walk up down Main Street. And what the one theme that happened out in Lakewood Ranch was that, you know, everybody sat at the bar. You know, the the bars were all full and the dining rooms were, you know, a quarter quarter full, but the bars got every seat taken. Right. So I immediately said, wow, we need a big bar. You well, know. this is Florida, right? Yeah, this is the party
0: state, right? Right.
1: Uh, you know, a lot of um, um, bar food, snacks. You know, so I've got a huge happy hour menu. Um, you know, h- you know, great bar menu. You know, out there, you know, it works. <laughs> it. I've got thirty-two seats around a you know horseshoe bar. I've got you know another thirty seats you know around the bar at tables, and I have outdoor you know, big sliders that open up on the corner and then high tops outside of that. And cool. uh, so I've got like probably 90 seats that would be considered bar seats. Yeah, And uh, it's packed every day. And, you know, well, that's, that's what you what want. the demand was. So why change it? Yeah, now, yeah. From a menu standpoint, you know, people have this idea, you know, that they, I'm going to do Italian. I'm going to do home cooking. I'm going to, right. Here's the deal. You have to have Bud Light on draft. You have to have Kendall Jackson Chardonnay. You have to serve a hamburger. Well, as a micro You have to serve a fish sandwich. (laughs) You have to serve crab cake. You have to serve fish. Yeah. In Florida. Yeah. If you have those components on the menu, you'll be successful (laughs) from a menu standpoint as long as they're all good. Is that only for the tourists or for the locals? For For everybody. The number one the number one, ordered item on any menu, if you have it on there, is a hamburger.
0: Yeah, Period. of course. Yeah.
1: The number two in Florida is a fish sandwich. Yeah. Number two. I don't care if you're, you know, three Michelin star restaurant. If you don't have a hamburger and fish and chips and Bud Light and Kendall Jackson Chardonnay, you need to rethink
0: things. Well, coming just- from the coming from okay, the Cincinnati is. area, mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up coming from the uh, coming from the Cincinnati area myself. Mm-hmm. We always believed that you had to be near the water to get a good fish sandwich. So whenever we came to Florida, that's what we ordered. <laughs> it, everything else on the menu is fluff, Bob. Yeah, yeah.
1: It, it honestly, I mean, I've seen it. Thousands of times um, over my career. You know, you go in well, you, you go into a restaurant and they're like, I don't serve Bud Light, and I don't serve Kendall Jackson Chardonnay. Bud Light is a number one draft beer yes. times two. Yes. Kendall Jackson Chardonnay is the number one Chardonnay by the glass. Yeah. By double. Yeah. The hamburger is number one on the menu. Sure. Over and over and over again. People go, Well, you must not have, you know nicer things on the menu so people just gravitate to a hamburger i'm like no you do it's the number one sandwich in america yeah yeah yeah, i'm serving a hamburger and it's going to be a damn good hamburger i'm going to put a (laughs) fried egg on it i'm going to put avocado on it i'm going to put five spice bacon i'm going to put basil man oh man let's go right now let's go right now lettuce tomato onion (laughs) and i'm going to make french fries and put beef gravy and cheese curd over the top of it, and it's oh, going to man. be the best thing that you've ever put You're in your kill-
0: mouth. You're killing me right now. I haven't had breakfast right? yet,
1: <laughs> right? But that's that's the point. So you yes. make a damn good hamburger, and then everybody competes for the best hamburger in town, right? I see it all the time on the in the Sarasota Herald: best hamburger in town, to- top ten best place to get a hamburger.
0: Right? Uh, um. I'm coming out I'm coming out I'm sure <laughs> yeah. goes it well listen let's, let's let's switch gears uh, sure. kind of kind of wind this wind this down a little bit. So you're an entrepreneur, you're a very creative guy. you've come through a really tough period in your uh, in your business's history. So what's next for your group?
1: <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I don't know what's next. Um, I don't have a crystal ball. And I have cool. an open mind. Um, I, I, look at opportunities as they come. Um, and again, I go back into that risk, uh, pattern again, you know, so when somebody brings a new idea or a new thought or, a, um, a new opportunity, we look at risk and I can tell you, we turn down more opportunities than we pick up because oh, I'm sure. You know, yes. So the, the, the one thing that's always rung true to me is that, you know, you have to be, you, you. You have to look at all of the negatives first, right? If, if the negatives at any point in time, jam you up and go, you know, that doesn't make me feel good.
0: Don't do it. Right. (laughs) Don't do it. I will, I will say, I will say one of my favorite quotes is from Steve Jobs of Apple fame who said, he goes, we were just as proud of what we did not do as what we yeah. did do. And, and I would <laughs> think, you know, you guys are pretty high f- profile in a couple of different communities now in Bradenton and also Lakewood Ranch. You guys have been around. And so, of course, there's a lot of people that want to get on your dance card and, and get close to you and present opportunities and that sort of thing. So it's it's really it's really passing on a, a lot of different things. Well, well, let me let, let me ask you as we wind up here, because we're, we're right at the end. If people want to know more about Grove or they want to know about peer 22 or they want to reach out to you, how do they contact you?
1: Well, they, you know, either website, um, grove, uh, LWR.com or 22.com. Yep. Um, go to those websites. We have a, um, a emails that go out. Uh, of course if you want to sign up for those. You can do that. If not, you can just go to the websites. We do tons of events, wine events, wine dinners. Uh, we do yep. yoga in the ballroom over at Grove. We, We have constantly doing different things at both restaurants. So I would recommend the newsletter. Uh, If you don't, just go to our website and go to the calendar page. You can see all the things we have going on. That's great. We also have info at, um, you know, info at Grove or info at Pier 22. Um, I I see all that that comes through. So um, if not, somebody wants to send me an email and has some questions, it's greg at Um, pier22.com. Again, there's plenty of avenues to get to me or to get to the restaurants to ask questions. Um, or go into either restaurant. I'm, you know, at either one um, on a daily basis. You'll see me there. That's uh, great. Doing, doing my thing. But um, yeah, and, and love love the business. Would never have uh, done anything else. So
0: Well, you're you're, you're pretty much, uh, you pretty much spent your whole life there. So no, no and you come through this difficult time. I mean, there's no reason to change now. Well, listen, right. Greg, I appreciate you very much being on the show. And uh, let's do it again real soon. Absolutely, man. Anytime. All righty. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.